Hello and welcome to My Supernatural Vida, a bilingual English and Spanish podcast where I share the Word of God in my experience with the supernatural. I started this podcast because I know that there are others out there who, like me, for some time thought that they might be crazy or maybe even still do. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are not crazy. You are supernatural. Let's be super together. Picture this, you're a parent and you're witnessing your child build a tower out of Legos, which they've been building for hours. And their sibling is playing just a few feet away with a bouncy ball when they lose total control of it. And then this ball knocks over the tower that their sibling's been building. Suddenly, there's a cry in the room. Um, the other sibling becomes emotional um, because their hard work just was knocked down. What is your reaction to that event? Most parents would try to fix the issue. Um, they would try to, to get the other sibling to maybe apologize or to help them to rebuild that tower or maybe even just ignore the whole situation and try to get the child who is crying to stop crying. Today I'll be talking about the second thing that parents do that inadvertently damage their kids, and that is we don't teach them to express their emotions. So I guess today is more about what we don't do, which damages our children. Through today's podcast, I hope to enlighten you on the subject of repressed emotions. Before I continue, I do want to say this about my parents. I don't reproach them at all because I know that they did the best that they could. And when they knew better, they did better. That being said, one of the things I remember hearing a lot from my parents, I was an emotional child. That was me. That's what I used to be. But they used to tell me this, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. And I honestly can't remember if they ever did come through on that promise, but I do remember feeling threatened by it and not wanting to find out what that something to cry about actually was. I'm always just trying my best to stop crying as soon as possible or before anybody saw me. Uh, so needless to say, I have had to heal from the effects of repressed emotions. And if I'm honest, I think it's something that I'm still working at, uh, but it is a lot better than it used to be. So um, since I have experienced this firsthand and I'm familiar with the physical manifestations of repressed emotions, I'd like to share with you what some of those experiences are. Maybe you can relate. Then we're going to give ourselves permission to feel and to express. Lastly, I'd love to share with you some things that I've done to help my children express their emotion. Important to note that uh, we are not led by our emotions but we can't ignore our emotions because they will definitely not be ignoring us. Sooner or later, we will have to face them. And sometimes we will have to face them in our own body if we don't deal with them properly. Another thing I want to say is that as a, um, a believer in Jesus Christ, somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit, one of my functions in, in the gifts of the Spirit is discernment discernment of spirit. Sometimes discernment comes through our senses, which one of our senses is to feel. Um, when we do not properly address our own emotions, we are then unable to diagnose the emotions or the feelings that we're feeling within our senses um, effectively 
to bring a, a God solution to them. We start to think that we're the ones who are imbalanced. We start to think that everything that we're feeling belongs to us when really it could belong to the atmosphere or someone else in the room. So we don't heal from our, our emotional wounds and we don't take care of our emotions. Um, and then we express them through our feelings or, or we don't recognize what our emotions are because we spend so much time repressing them. We won't be able to effectively operate in the gift of discernment of spirits. And as a matter of fact, that gift might actually end up tormenting us or driving us in the total opposite direction of what that gift is intended to do. Amen. So what are emotions? Emotions are a felt psychological experience in the body. And that's from Hayden Singer um, in a 2008 um, uh, textbook that I, I personally had to read uh, during my time in college. Um, the word psychological means um, cells, tissues, organ system, etc. Some of the things that our emotions affect are our thoughts and our behavior and our health if they're not properly expressed. Unexpressed emotions that we consciously avoid in social situations uh, because the time isn't right to deal with them is actually called suppression. So suppression, uh, suppressing our emotions. And most people do this and that's normal unless you find yourself always avoiding your feelings because then that's denial. On the other hand, there's repressed emotions and these are the mama jamas of all kinds of internal drama and physical turmoil. These are learned behaviors that become subconscious reactions to emotions in order to avoid feeling what we feel. Because as children, we learned that it was unacceptable to express that emotion. And it's even possible that we even repress the memories that cause those emotions. So a child who maybe was ignored when they cried or was forced their fear or manipulation to stop crying may become an adult with repressed sadness. Um, hello, raising my little hand here. Um, you guys, um, you can listen to my testimony. It's already on the podcast and, and get a better understanding of how soon God began to deal with this in my life upon returning to Christ. And um, it's, it's out there. You can go listen to it. I just remember that almost every time someone would pray for me, it addressed heaviness and deep depression. And at the time, I didn't understand what they meant or, or what they were talking about. But Faithfully, I received their prayers and I believed that God was going to heal me of whatever this was, even though I didn't understand it. Um, I began to experience healing in my body, but over time, I also um, began to really understand what this was. And as I did, I identified other more stubborn issues that were resulting from this deeply repressed sadness. The more I understood, the more I realized that God wanted to see me through this. Amen. Understanding is so important, important for our uh, spiritual maintenance because we don't just want to get free. We want to stay free. Proverbs 17.22 tells us a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. So here's some things that repress emotions show up as, uh, show up as in our bodies. Like this is a manifestation of them in our physical bodies. 
um, stress, anxiety, depression, <clears throat> a weakened immune system, muscle tension, insomnia, headaches, addiction, alcoholism, and an increased risk of cancer and uh, digestive digestion issues. Um, I personally experienced uh, acid reflux, major acid reflux. And I didn't realize where it was coming from or what it was. Um, and it, it turns out that when you have anxiety, you uh, can also get acid reflux. I didn't know that the two were connected. I went for prayer and my pastor pointed out that she is sensing anxiety. Now, that was so new to me because I had never experienced anxiety. I guess I didn't know what anxiety was. Um but I was experiencing it. And when I looked up what anxiety was and what it felt like, I realized, oh my goodness, I have been repressing anxiety. I have had anxiety and been denying or maybe not even recognize that that's what it was. Um, I just felt the symptoms of it, but I didn't know that's what it was. Um, because I mean, I just didn't. And, uh, and that's one of the things that repressed emotions does is that it operates subconsciously, so you don't even know that you're having this emotion, where it's coming from, or you just are experiencing the side effect of it. And for me, that was acid reflux. I mentioned I did not totally understand what it was, so at that time, I did experience um, temporary healing from acid reflux, and then it came back, and I can try to fight this thing with prayer, but. I really wasn't totally understanding it, you know, and I think that's why understanding is so important to the maintenance of our healing. Um, I wasn't understanding it. And then I was at an event um, a couple of weeks ago and I began to experience it like really bad. And um, I asked for for prayer and this uh, dear sister of mine who was sitting next to me. She just happens to carry a very heavy anointing of peace and um I, I think i was just at the right place with the right person and i asked her you know do you mind praying for me i, I i'm feeling acid reflex so she began to pray for me and pray for me and you know very quietly as as the conference was going on and um i just felt this like overwhelming peace like i could just fall asleep right in that moment the acid reflex like began to go away and then I felt prompted by Holy Spirit to just take deep, deep breaths and slowly breathing out, like to change my breathing pattern. And while that was happening, I recognized that I had been breathing very shallowly, like my breaths are very shallow. And I, I recognized that that's what anxiety felt like. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't know it consciously, but in that moment, I realized that somebody who's under stress or anxiety they breathe in that pattern and when she released peace over me the breathing pattern changed that like everything changed and it completely relaxed me and it relaxed my body and the, the reflex went away and peace is the opposite of anxiety it's the polar extreme of being anxious uh, to be in peace and to be in the Father's love and presence and and care and to know that He cares um, and that He carries our our um, our cares for us, right? Um, 
that moment, I think, was the catalyst for the permanent healing of anxiety because I had a revelation of what anxiety was and what peace was, and I chose peace. Amen. Uh, I hope that makes sense, but that's just the experience I had. And, and it was, to be honest with you, it was very annoying to have acid reflux. I mean, it was very hard to live a day to day life without, um, you know, constantly burping, without constantly like patting my chest and like touching my chest and like stopping to take deep breaths. And like, it was very, it, it was not any type of way to live in the long, long run, right? Especially considering that anxiety was what was producing it. Um, so now, like I mentioned, it's one thing to be healed and experiencing touch from the healer himself, but we also have to maintain our healing by not allowing these things back in, which made us sick to begin with, right? So how do we do that? We do it by doing the opposite of suppression, which is expression. Um, there are certainly many other ways to do it, but this is what we're focusing on today, which is the expression of our emotions. Um, in order to properly express our emotions, we have to give ourselves the permission to feel what we're feeling and allow ourselves the time and the space to do so. Our emotions are just, you know, they're just to be released out of our bodies, but it doesn't mean that we act on the emotions. For example, uh, anger. You don't go punch your neighbor or run over to your boss. Uh, and punch them if you're angry at them. You know, the word does say that in, in your anger, do not sin, right? So doing these things to our neighbor or our boss or any other person is the opposite of love, right? So that would put us into sin. And so do not do that, right? Or, or another example of, of, of an emotion is lust. So it doesn't mean that, that you get to fornicate because you're feeling the emotion, you know, that, that leads you there. Um, or desperation. It doesn't mean that you should go or rob a bank because you're desperate for money and you're feeling this desperation. No, no, no. We still have to be able to pull on the fruit of the spirit and to use wisdom in our expression. Um, so, you know, you need to recognize the emotion, first of all. Don't judge the emotion, but instead allow yourself to feel it and then be mindful of where in your body you're feeling it and feel it, like feel it totally through. Somewhere along the way, somebody taught us that it was wrong to feel, that it was wrong to have feelings. And I like to just snap that, okay? Like, it's okay to feel. You know, you were made in the image of Christ, and he had emotions. He felt emotions. Come on, let's just talk about uh, him and the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. Don't tell me that was not an emotional moment. Don't tell me that he was not feeling that moment. Amen? Let yourself feel it. In order to heal it, we have to feel it. Respond to the emotion. This is where the expression plays out. Now that you know where in your body you're feeling uh, the emotion, ask yourself this question. What does this that I'm feeling need for me? What does it want for me? Can I... Or should I do what this emotion wants from me? The answer is yes, do it. Cry. Scream into a pillow. Um, you know, you don't want to terrify your neighbors or anybody around you. Um, but scream into a pillow. Or, you know, uh, lace up your shoes, 
Put on some workout clothes, go on site and hit a punching bag. Exercise, run, bike, lift weights. Uh, did I already say dance? Because I like to dance. <laughs> so, yeah, dance, you know, uh, sing, paint, whatever artistic expression you can do uh, to release that emotion out of you, go ahead and do it. Um, and, and don't repress it. Don't deny it. Don't deny that you're feeling what you're feeling or that that emotion is playing out right now. You know, give it the expression that it requires um, just to leave your body. Um, just for, like, I don't remember where I saw this, so I'm sorry. Don't come after me for a uh, link for it. If I find it, I'll share it on the podcast notes on my website. But I saw when I was looking into this, I saw a video um, that a, a psychologist or psychologist psychologist or psychiatrist i don't know the difference but um a mental health counselor had shared on her youtube and this was um this was a polar bear um you know out where polar bears live out in the, out on the ice and you know he was doing his daily thing all of a sudden a helicopter comes on the scene and they, they want to tag him um the polar bear sees the helicopter and it takes off running um, you know i'm supposing it's out of fear right so it's, it takes off running and the, the men on the helicopter, well, they shoot it with a tranquilizer. The polar bear goes down and they tag it and they stick around to record him after, after that happens. And what the polar bear does is it like, it goes when it wakes up, right? It goes into this, like, kind of like, it looks like shock, but it begins to just shake his body uncontrollably. Like, like if it's having some sort of seizure or something, it's just shaking like crazy. And then it gets up and it goes by its day. Like nothing happened. So that was the polar bears, emotional expression of fear, right? It was stopped down in the middle of the manifestation and they didn't get the opportunity to, live out the fear um but it got stopped it, it was stopped right smack in the middle of it however its processing system did not forget that the emotion was there and it had to get it out this is a, a, a natural thing that that animals do they just they they don't forget it and they release it they let it go they play it out and it leaves their their cell you know like i said earlier what what is um what is a psychological experience uh, is it is the the cell the tissue the organ system all in operation right so what this polar bear did was just that it had a it had a psychological expression of the emotion that it was feeling however us that we're human beings you know we're we're different than animals we have two sides of a brain we have a logical brain and then I don't know whatever the other side is that the pair, polar bear also has. <laughs> you can tell I'm not the expert here, um, but our logical brain is always cutting up. <laughs> it's always trying uh, to make sense of things, and and it's very good at talking itself out of things too. So you know I'm not surprised that it talks itself out of feeling emotions, right? Or recognizing the emotions and letting them play out psychologically, you know, through the body, just getting it out. Um, you know, I wish we were all like polar bears or <laughs> we were all like, like animals in that sense. Amen. Um, so here's some things that, that we can do to have that expression. I already mentioned, you know, the physical things like 
you know, all of that. But there's another thing that, that you can, other things that you can do that will help you. And one of those things is journaling. Um, making sure that, that you use I statements when you're journaling so that you own the emotion and recognize that it is yours. Uh, we see that King David does this in some of the Psalms that he wrote using I statements and some were very emotional. If you read through the Psalms, you, you, you can almost feel the pain that he's experiencing, the emotional pain, psychological, mental, um, status that he's in when he's writing the Psalms. And I mean, honestly, he was a man of war. He was, um, you know, a king and a, a leader and, you know, never lost a battle. Yet he wrote down all of his feelings, even if they were fear, even if they were, you know, sadness or heaviness or, or even his victories. Amen. Like, you know, some people have difficulty. Uh, accepting victory or, or the joy that comes through victory. Um, so, you know, journal, just journal. If, if you don't, you can't say it, you don't have anybody to talk to, um, or you're not at that point yet where you have any other mode of expression, whatever, just journal, um, and continue to journal other things, you know, um, he, you know, uh, one of the things that, that David says in, uh, for example, Psalms 56, eight says, Record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. Are they not on your record? You know, he was most likely crying as he wrote this. Uh, he wanted a record of what was going on. And that tells us that God does keep a record of our emotions, of our feelings, of our misery. You know, um, my heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Psalms 55, 4. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 95, 1. This is a lot of emotional expression going on here. If he did it, if there's an example of it for us in scripture, that means that we can do it too. And it's an example that, you know, maybe we can follow. Um, and, you know, not all, like I said earlier, not all the emotions that you're going to, to record are sad, fearful, or anxious. Um, you know, they could also be joyful ones because believe it or not, you know, like I said earlier, some people do have issues expressing joyful emotions. Um, you know, they feel like they have to be hardened hard and and have this um this tank exterior you know but they're really soft on the inside <laughs> um and leave it to somebody who who has a discernment of spirit to be able to identify the softness of a tank standing in front of you right <laughs> so um another thing you can do is to praise isaiah 61 3 tells us and provide for us who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, or other translations say heaviness. All of this is already yours. Uh, you just need to step into it. Take the exchange that God is giving you. Uh, give him your heaviness, your despair, your depression, and take the garment of praise which he, he's already given to us. It's a, It's an exchange. It's just to decide that you know what I rather praise. I will. I will give to you my mourning, my heaviness, my despair, my my depression, and then I'll take from you the garment of praise which you have prepared for me. And I choose to focus on praising, praising the Lord, over focusing on those things that are weighing me down, or or um, you know depressing me, or whatever the case may be, or the despair. Um, a lot of things we become, a lot of times we become weighed down. Listen to the word weighed down. Something is pulling us down 
from our elevation of, of from coming up higher um, because we're holding on to things that don't serve us. For example, we are holding on to repressed emotions. Can you imagine um, if you if you were to put every single emotion that you have ever repressed on a scale and, and there was a capacity to weigh them, you know, how much of that is weighing you down? Um, and, and you might be thinking that you don't have good praise. You can't praise right now. Yes, you do. You know what? Psalms 81, 3, 88, Psalms 8, 1 through 3 tells us this. You have built a stronghold by the songs of children. Strength rises up with the chorus of infants. The kind of praise that has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Listen, this is literal and figurative. You can be a child or an infant in the spirit with little to no language to shouting praise to the Lord, and he will receive it. And best of all, Satan has to sip it. A lot of the times, the, the things that we're hearing in our mind, that we're hearing in our head, and the things that are, are, are causing us uh, to have emotional, negative emotional reactions, you know, that we ultimately suppress, are little lies that the enemy has been whispering at you. So, you know, just so that, you know, just wanted to share that with you guys. You do have a praise, even if it's the simplest, uh, most, most, uh, you know, basic praise. Like, thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, I praise you because you've given me salvation. I praise you because you have made me light. So don't judge yourself for the emotion that you're feeling, even if you think it's negative. Romans 8.1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. That therefore is referring to what happened in Romans 7.21, written also by the same author, by uh, Apostle Paul. Um, and he says, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? He had a dilemma. He expressed a dilemma in Romans 7 that was, um, you know, that he has a struggle between doing what he knows is good and acting on what he knows is evil. Um, and this is something that we all experience. So sometimes your emotions will make you or cause you to want to act out on evil things. Like, you know, I said earlier, you know, you don't punch somebody, you don't rob a bank, you don't, you don't fornicate, you know, because uh, your emotions made you think of doing these things. You don't actually do them. You exercise the fruit of the spirit and you don't act out on them. But what Paul is telling us in Romans 7 is that he had all those thoughts. His body, want, his flesh wanted, you know, all those things, not expressively exactly those emotions, but he knew that there were things that, that were evil to do yet, yet he, uh, you know, he, he had to talk himself out of not doing that. Right. And, and even he said the things that I should not do, <laughs> the things that I know I should not do, I do, you know? And, and so there may be times when, when you actually do act out on some of these things, but we have the relief in Romans 8, 1 that tells us there is now therefore no condemnation. Do not condemn yourself for feeling the feelings that you're feeling or for acting out on these things. Amen. The point is don't let this, don't let this stuff stay on the inside of you and also do not sin. Amen. Um, and you know, like I said, don't judge yourself. 
Don't judge yourself for feeling the things that you're feeling, the emotions that you're feeling. You're going to find that as you begin to express these things, as you begin to recognize them and express them and give yourself the permission to feel them, they're no longer going to have a hold on you. They're no longer going to, they're no longer going to toy around with you because you're going to recognize them. Amen. So also talk to somebody with understanding. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. That's Proverbs 25. We have all these thoughts, motives, and inner knowings so deep on the inside of us, like a water well. But we might not always have the words to express what those are. However, if you talk to someone who has understanding, they will draw it out and maybe even help you give your emotions the language that they need to be expressed. And and the advantage to this is that it's out of you. It comes out of you. If somebody draws it out, it means it's no longer in, in you and, and it's expressed. Amen. Um, and it leads me to the next point. Um, now that we have an idea on how to get a handle on our own emotions, we then begin, uh, helping our kids. So how do we do that? Uh, one of the main things, and this is what I'm going to talk about today, is in listening skills. So you are the way you were. You, or you know, let's say you identify with this message. Maybe you identify. If you identify with this message, you became the way that you became because somewhere in your childhood you were not taught how to handle emotions properly, or you were actually um, led into suppressing them or repressing them uh, in order to avoid some type of punishment or or, you know, memory or trauma, etc. So apply everything that you learn for yourself. That's how we help our children. So we, we apply everything that we learned for ourselves, uh, but for them, we apply it to them. Um, so listen to them. Start by relaxing your body, tone, and facial expression to neutral and ask, do you want to talk about it? This is a very good question. Do you want to talk about it? When your child is experiencing an emotional breakdown or they're having a tantrum or even just expressing sadness or, or some sort of depression or anxiety, you ask them that question. Do you want to talk about it? Chances are that if you are their safe space, that they, you are who, you know, their sounding board and they know that they can come to you, they're going to say yes. And once they begin to share about what they're feeling, then practice reflective listening. Reflective listening is a style of listening that's respectful of the other person's feelings, which gives special attention to the content of the conversation and to the person's feelings and emotions. And it requires that we respond to them without, listen to me, without taking the attention away from them. Don't be that person that wants, even if it's not your child, if this at, at any time, when someone is expressing to you an emotional situation, they're pouring their heart out to you. Don't make this about you. Okay. Do not take the attention away from them. Keep it on them. See them through. Listen to them through. Um, and we must hear and understand what they are saying, not only with their words, but also with their body language. Body language tells us so much. Um, then we respond by reflecting on the thoughts and feelings that we heard in their tone, in their words, in their posture, in their gesture, etc. Um, the point of this is that parents, uh, 
you know, as parents, we get to understand their emotions, but most importantly, they feel heard, move into deeper levels of expression, which means no repression. Amen. And some examples of reflective listening include adding a like, wow, right? Oh my God. I'm so, I'm so sorry that happened. Sure. And asking questions like, so what I'm understanding is that you feel disappointed or you feel disappointed because you found out that you scored too low on a test you studied hard for. Finally, summarize what you've understood. And this can either end the conversation or it will spark up some more, which brings me to this point. It's important to make the time for reflective conversations, for reflective listening. Um, you know, whether you're going to reflect upon somebody or somebody that's going to reflect upon you, the time has to be right. And that time has to be available um, because you don't want to cut somebody off right in the middle of their expression. Cause then that also will make them feel rejected, not accepted or not understood, or it, you know, it'll backfire on you. More than one child, teach them by demonstration, how to be reflective listeners with each other. Um, I sometimes ask my oldest if she can listen to her brother for a little while. And the majority of times she will. And there's sometimes she's like, no, you know, she's a teenager. She's in that stage. But um, the point is that the person who needs expression can express with someone they love or they know cares for them. Okay. The point of this reflective listening is not to bring necessarily a solution, but it's really just to let the person know that they are heard, that they are understood, and ultimately to allow the emotions that are bottled that that could become bottled up inside of them to actually have a mode of expression um, and to help them to develop language for the things that they are feeling. Never, ever, ever allow a child, uh, you know, who, who is demonstrating to be emotional to go without expressing that emotion. Uh, I know it gets hard. I know it's difficult as a parent. We've got a lot of things going on sometimes and we just don't always have the time to deal with it or we don't want to deal with it. But I think it's very important for the long-term, you know, health, as we discussed earlier, uh, the effects that repressed emotions have on the body. I think it's beneficial for the long-term that we take this time out. And you know what? While, while I'm talking about this, do not condemn yourself. If this, you know, you had no idea of this. You had no idea you were doing this to your child. You had no idea that, that you were not listening to them or that you were, you know, trying to bring a solution instead of, allowing the expression uh, to, you know, to come out of them. You know, your child starts crying and immediately you're like, oh no, let me get him to stop crying. Let me try to fix this. You know, I, hello, I used to do that. Once I became aware of my own repressed emotional issues and what they were causing me, uh, you know, to feel in my own body and the illnesses that I was experiencing from it, I, I was, I recognize that this is something I have to deal with, first of all, for myself. And then now, how do I keep my children from being, uh, you know, a remake of myself many years down the road, right? Um, and that, that has uh, been my, my uh, goal lately, is to make sure that I listen to them when they are having emotional uh, turmoil, you know. and and as a parent, if you're well connected to your children, you can sense when your child is going through something. Ask them, probe about it. Don't just let it be. Um, you know, be that person for them that can draw them out of, out of, you know, that state of emotional repression 
where they can draw them out of darkness. Because sometimes they begin to slip into that place um, because they feel like they're carrying everything on their own. And especially once once they get into the teenage years, which, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I have a teenager myself. And I I have to be aware of her at every moment if she's not acting right, if she's not, you know, being her normal self. I know that it's something that she's holding in. And so I ask her, is everything okay? Is there something you want to talk about? 99% of the time, she will talk about it. Um, you know, she also has very good friendships and I'm very thankful for that, that she can also talk to them. But anytime that you have the ability to listen to somebody uh, reflectively so that they may release their emotions, do that, be there for them, you know, be that care, uh, caring person, show kindness in that way, amen? So we begin with self-healing uh, and start to heal those repressed emotions within ourselves. Uh, that may be causing our body any type of illness or disturbance by giving ourselves permission to feel and expressing those emotions while simultaneously moving towards helping our kids with theirs. You know, you're never going to be, oh, wait, I, don't, I don't know if I could say it this way, but you're never going to be free of emotions. They're always going to be there, right? So you are not going to get to the point where you say, I am totally healed of emotional problems and now I can help other people. No, you cannot wait. <laughs> you cannot wait to feel that you're in a place where you're totally healed yourself to become a you know a, a good emotional supporter for your own children. You just cannot afford that. Now to be an expert in in trauma or an expert counselor, you just need to be mom or dad and employ any method of expression uh, which works for them and be reflective listeners which helps them to feel heard and understood. These are not things that require any type of degree, any type of, you know, major experience. You know, as parents, these are just things that we do. And like I said, don't condemn yourself if you were not doing it before or nobody taught you how to do these things. You know, uh, like I said earlier about my own parents, when they knew better, they did better. Amen? And we can do that too. But now that we know better, we can do better. And I'd like to give you a bonus tip which is actually a principle of Christian living, and that is forgiveness. First of all, forgive yourself today. If you're holding on to any type of condemnation over your emotions, your feelings, or thoughts. And second of all, forgive those who hurt you or wronged you, who you feel may have pushed you to a place of unrest or uh, emotional turmoil or emotional repression. Sometimes the weight of unforgiveness is the first thing that we have to release for some of us Christians. Um, that could be the door that the enemy is using to get in and torment us. As I mentioned earlier, um, you know, sometimes the voices and the things that we're hearing that are causing us emotional unrest, it's just the voice of the enemy. Amen. Um, you know, and one thing to keep in mind about forgiveness is that forgiveness is not uh, deeming what the other person did to you as right. It really is just a form of self-care. It's the starting place for our inner healing and deliverance experience. And if we really want to live uh, healthy and wholesome lives uh, for, you know, body, soul, and spirit, this is where we start. Amen. Well, you know what? I want to say that I'm very grateful for you. I'm thankful that you hung out with me today. Come back for more. Goodbye. How to teach the subscribe button. I pray that the Lord bless you and he keep you and I pray that his favor be on you and I pray that his grace and mercy 
follow you all the days of your life. Amen. Until next time, goodbye.